Hey friends, this is Fun Therapy, and my name is Mike Foster, and together we're going to dive into the messy and brutal but beautiful parts of our not-so-perfect stories, and we're going to do it with a smile. As we look at our stories, it's tempting to want to erase chapters that hurt a little bit more than others, to censor certain parts of our history, but everything belongs in the story of you. You don't have to fight against your history. You don't have to hide it or feel shame about it. Everything belongs. And you can be confident in this, that every hurt that you've experienced contains a seed of possibility. And every setback has produced wisdom. And every wound unlocks new strength. So trust in what you're becoming. Trust that you're exactly where you need to be and welcome every part of who you are. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. Friends, it is your flu recovering host here. I don't know how it happened, but I got the flu twice in a matter of three months. And so if my voice sounds a little funky, uh, you know why I've been in bed for the past week uh, with 102 degree fever, feeling horrible. I am so glad I am on the road to recovery. My voice is still finding its way on the road to recovery, but I'm excited to be here, and I hope you are too. Um, I'm also excited to announce that the registration for my two-day fun therapy event is now open. Woohoo! It's it's May 16th and 17th in Carlsbad, California, city where I live, right here along the beach, uh, beautiful San Diego area. And I'm calling the event Strongest, and it's basically a workshop to help you become more you to equip you with uh, the life skills to live the life that you were created for. It's two days filled with uh, teaching and conversations. I'm inviting everyone over to my house for dinner. We're going to do a live taping of fun therapy. It's going to be a blast. So make sure to come register, come with a friend to invite someone to come with you, make it a a group thing. Uh, Invest in yourself, invest in your personal development this year. I, I, I don't want you to miss this. I think it's going to be a special two days that we're going to spend together. Register, you can register today, and I would encourage you to register as soon as possible because there is limited space available. I want to keep it small and intimate. I want us to connect. I want us to be talking with each other. And the way to do that is just to keep it small. And so it's very hands-on and and uh, friendship and relationship and conversations. And so it's going to be be great. Lots of learning. You'll walk away just loaded it up with some great ideas to help you thrive in your life. And you can learn more about the event called Strongest at my website at mikefoster.tv. Also, I want to let you know that I released a brand new e-course called Extraordinary Couples. I did this with my wife, Jennifer. It's uh, 14 HD video sessions with Uh, 14 action worksheets, audio downloads. It's really great. It's fun. Jen and I just kind of keep it real and honest. And and we talk about all the topics that we believe really help couples. It's, it's, 
it's if you do it, you're gonna be a you're gonna be stronger in your relationship. You're gonna be better in your relationship. You're gonna communicate. It's it's gonna help you and your partner create a greater connection and intimacy. And you know, we we really keep it fun. I, I just you gotta watch it. You gotta see it. Um, the course is on sale right now for only twenty nine bucks, which is uh, kind of an introductory offer we're doing. So don't don't wait. Uh, you can learn more about that course, extraordinary couples at my website at mikefoster.tv. Okay, all the good stuff at mikefoster.tv. You can also um, check out my speaking schedule there and some of my other resources. All right, let's get to the good stuff. You're going to love this week's episode. In fact, I just encourage you right now, screen capture your phone and share it with a friend, even before you you hear it, because <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, and if you're on Instagram, make sure to tag me in it. Uh, Mike Foster 2000. If you share it on Instagram, tag me Mike Foster 2000. But let's get to the good stuff. Joining me today is my new friend, Melissa Radke. She is an author of the best selling book, Be Brave, Eat Cake. She stars in the reality TV show, The Radkeys, on the USA Network, which I believe is premiering this summer. Uh, Melissa is just a Force. She is so great. Mega talented singer, communicator. It's incredibly funny. And this episode, man, she is honest and brings it. And I instantly just felt so connected to her with what she was sharing about her life. So we talk about body image and the struggle with weight and being judged and what that feels like. And then also how to set healthy boundaries within our own family. So I hope you're excited to hear this. We're going to dive into this session of fun therapy with my friend, Melissa Radke. When I think about you know, where I am right now in the season of my life and how I got to this place, um, which came with many ups and downs and lots of mistakes along the way. Um, I thought I'd been preparing for this life my whole life and found out that I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe I wasn't. I, I always thought I would uh, sing or, um, yeah, be this big grand singer and be on the stage and perform and so I did that my whole life. I, I, um, I was a performer from way back when. And yet here I am kind of in a spotlight a little more now than ever. And I'm not as sure-footed as I had hoped to be. And now I am about to embark on a journey where I put everything that I love, my family, my husband, my kids, my town, my mother, my father, I put them all on national television in hopes that people will love us. And um, I'm terrified about that. Mm. What is the thing that um, you're afraid people might see? Well, we have a lot of fun and we laugh really loudly. Um, And yet underneath all that, there is some brokenness there. Um, I carry myself with a lot of confidence my big blonde hair and my big lips and my big mouth and my big opinions. But what people don't know is that, you know, I'm, I'm a plus size woman living in a missus size world. And I'm afraid of what I'm afraid the world's going to chew me up and spit me out. 
in regards to my body size and the way that I look, the size that I wear. Um, so I feel sometimes like I am just, I don't know. You know, it's one thing to have a lot of followers on social media. Like they choose to follow you. They want to. They feel like your people and like your tribe. But to put yourself out there for the world, I'm scared of the world. Aren't you? Aren't you scared of what they're going to say? Mm. Is that just me? <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's me. I think that's everyone who is um, living out their story in a vulnerable way and really actually allowing themselves to be seen. You risk being judged. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the certainly the the spot that you are entering into just you know you probably you don't know how you'll be received right are these friends are they enemies are they are they believers or are they critics and what is the thing that you do you think about maybe the the person that doesn't know you what is the thing that you think they'll miss about you well first of all why do i care why do I care yeah. if they don't know me and they don't like me? Why does that bother me? That bothers me. <laughs> you know, mm. I mean, it bothers me that it bothers me. And this past year when my book came out, I found myself on a book tour and I would go to these book signing events at a, you know, a, a bookstore or whatever. And I would have a Q and a time at the end and, People would raise their hands and they'd ask me fun questions. But one of the the questions that I I heard more than once was, um, what are you most looking forward to when the show comes out? And then the follow-up was, what are you least looking forward to? And only once or twice did I actually answer that question. I would, as we say in Texas, I kind of bullcrap my way through most of it, you know, (laughs) you know, jazz hands, jazz hands. Melissa can tap pants around anything with my mouth. And so I would, but, but once or twice I would allow myself to say the truth, which is, um, I'm afraid that people will, um, not like me because I'm overweight or because they feel like I haven't taken care of myself. And part of me thinks, hey, I can handle that. I can handle it. I'm, I'm stronger in my relationship with the Lord and in who I am. I, I, I got this. But like, what if my kids read about it? What if they see it? You know, what if they hear it? What if my mother hears it? Will my family be okay? Will I be okay with them knowing? You know? So I don't know, Mike Foster, fix me. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I think what you're expressing and sharing is is real. And I think my guess is, Melissa, that you have possibly heard these words before in your story. And it hurt then. And there's a possibility of it hurting again. Yeah. And... um, they were always from people that didn't matter. They really, truly were. In fact, I think I, I think there's a line in my book. Um, I don't remember what I wrote in that book. I don't remember what I wore yesterday. But I think there's a line in there that said something about, I will no longer let little people with lung capacity control how I feel or what I think about myself. And I 
that hasn't even really happened yet. I just know how bad it hurt 15 years ago. And I think, am I signing myself back up for that? Mm. You know? So tell me more about 15 years ago. Um, many years ago. In fact, um, it's been longer than that. It was the, the very first year that we were married. My husband and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee on our one year wedding anniversary. Our one year wedding anniversary, we moved into a, um, little apartment on the wrong side of town um, because it was cheap <laughs> on our one year an- wedding anniversary as, as this is it, this is that we're going to change our life here. And I can remember we were so broke that we went to red lobster that night for dinner. We both got waters and we split a meal and, but we didn't care. You know, we were embarking on what it was we were supposed to do. And Nashville was not friendly to me. Which is ironic because I made some really precious friends there that are still friends to this day, but Nashville didn't like me. They liked the way I sang. They liked my confidence, but they didn't like the way I looked. And I lived there for 16 years and I never, ever, ever um, felt accepted. And so that dream died. But I see now I know like it was for such a time as this, right? This is what I was always supposed to do. So I'm okay with that now, but my gosh, you don't want to sign back up for it. Who wants to sign back up for, hey, let's let's relive that pain all over again, you know? Um, so I, when I know that we'll have a television show, and to be honest, I think people will think I'm funny. I think they'll think our family is funny. Just like in Nashville, they thought I could sing, but they just didn't want to look at me. The pressure that our society puts on people to be a certain size or shape is so intense. The messages aren't even subtle. They are they're blatant. It is so wrong that as a society, we're okay with judging and criticizing and giving our opinion about someone's weight with no real understanding of both the issues or the pain that these judgments can cause an individual. So when Melissa said, I'm afraid people won't like me because I'm overweight, or she said that, that people think I don't take care of myself and will I be okay? And that question that I believe that she's really asking is, is will people see the real Melissa, her gifts, her talents, the love inside of her heart? Will they see her passions and her, her incredible personality? Or will she be reduced to being just a body? Will they judge her outer shell and miss the beauty of her inner soul? And all of us want this in our lives. We want to be seen, but to be seen for who we really are, not on the outside, but on the inside. And then there were certain parts of you that they would reject. Yeah, and what was so frustrating was it was 
It was the part of me that I wanted to change more than anything. I did. I wanted to, but I couldn't. I, you know, call it lack of self-discipline. <laughs> I don't know what it was, man. I, if I could change my body, I would. I, but it's just always been so difficult. And it's hard because I've done so much work. I've done so much work. I've done scripture work and I've done counseling work and I've done therapy work and friend work and family work and self. Oh, I'm, I'm more self-aware, I feel like, than I ever have been before. But that's the dadgum thing I can't. The weight hasn't gone away. Therefore, that, that fear hasn't gone away. That fear of what people think. I did not know I would be talking about mm. this today. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, so that stings. The uh, so I'm curious as you as you think about this particular aspect of who you are and body image and, and things of that nature and your weight. You feel like this this part of who you are should be fixed or resolved or is there a place in you where you could give yourself permission to just be on the journey? That's a really great question. And it sounds so beautiful and so lofty to give yourself permission to be on the journey. Like I, I like myself so much that I want to give her, I want to give Melissa Radke permission to just be on the journey, right? But yet there's this voice that I fight every day that, you know, says you should do more. You should have changed that. You should have done it years ago when your metabolism was better and your willpower was greater. You should have done it, you know, before your 40s, Melissa. You should have done it before you were, you know, had kids, Melissa, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I want to give her permission. I think she deserves that, but but in the next breath, I, I I don't think she. You know, it's it's a terrible war, women and their bodies. I don't know if you get it. It's a terrible war. We, I've I've done um a lot of work in the lane, I guess you could say, or in the study of who Christ says that I am. And I know what he says about me. And Mike, you should hear the things he said about me. Of course, they're the same things he said about you, but they're so special. They're so unique to me. Like he just loves me so much. And I think, but, but don't you see this? Don't you see this? That holds me back and trips me up and makes me feel defeated. And so now here I am and I'm on social media and I'm in interviews and I'm doing podcasts and I'm doing television talk shows. And I'm embarrassed about this and I'm so proud of other things, but I'm so embarrassed about this. And I talk to women and they tell me the same thing. They're embarrassed too. They're mad too. And Mike, I have so much sympathy for them. I look at them and I think, but Cheryl or Nikki or whoever, you're so beautiful. You have so much going for you. 
Now, I don't see their weight, but I see mine. Hmm. It's just a really exhausting game. And I'm just tired of playing. <laughs> yeah. Is the lens that I'm just curious as you think about how you see other women, it's it's so clear to me like there's just this radical acceptance and kindness and compassion towards whatever the struggle might be, right? Oh, towards yeah. towards anyone. You clearly just load it up with all kinds of grace in your heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yet the lens or the mirror towards yourself seems one that that is maybe a little less amount of grace or um, maybe a different lens that you look through in terms of towards yourself. Oh, absolutely. Why do you, why do you think that difference is there between how you look, how you see somebody else and how you see yourself? You know, this is going to sound really (laughs) arrogant and high and mighty. Um, So please don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, but I think because I have studied scripture and I know all of the things that he said about me, I look at women and I see them like God sees them. I don't see the things they say in private. I don't see the battles that they wage in private. I just see them and I like them. I know they're imperfect, but like, I like them. I like them so much. I believe in them. I think they can do anything. I think that they have God given potential and, and they, they can, they can make their marriages work and they can raise, you know, great, great kids, great citizens. I'm, I'm all for them because I know what God says about them. And those are the things that he says about them, but I don't. Always have that for me. I can recite you what God says, but sometimes the things Melissa just says are terrible. <laughs> hmm. And that's the part that I'm, I'm so upset about. I'm so mad. I mean, uh, come on. I'm in my forties. Aren't we past this? Like, isn't there a, isn't there an age we turn where we just quit being a bad friend to ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, you know, the, this, the journey towards grace and acceptance Melissa, is one that I think we're going to be on for the rest of our lives. And, you know, some days, some days we are, we're great at it. Right. And some days we really struggle. And it sounds like because you're in this new season of putting yourself out there for, to be judged and to be misunderstood and for people to go right back to that same narrative that they did in Nashville, when you got to Nashville, right. That there's a intensity or a um, trigger that's, that's lasering focus that's being laser focused back on that thing. Right. Right. The, the weight or the body image, how you look. Um, and so as you think about that, like, could, how could you integrate? Because one of the things I love about you is that you have a message, such a beautiful, powerful message of bravery and strength and, you know, living out as, you know, the, the person that you were made to be. And you're doing that in so many profound ways. 
And then yet there's still this piece that feels insecure and not brave and, you know, unresolved. And I think for you, like, how, what would that look like for you to not fight against the, the weight or the fear, but to actually welcome it as part of the season? Well, I, hmm, I want to say, I want to answer your question by saying, I'm doing that. I, I, I believe I'm doing that. And, and here's what I mean by that. If this held me bound, if this, if this weight was a noose around my neck, then I wouldn't keep showing up. I wouldn't be here with you. But I just want to show up, man. I just want to show up. And I find that every time I do, every time I walk in a room, even though I'm afraid of what they might say, or I appear on a television show, even though my pants have an elastic waist in them, or even though I go on a nationally televised show and just before I do, they say, oh, well, this dress doesn't fit her. Let's find her something else. But I keep going and I keep doing it. And that's got to count for something. And I'm so proud of myself every time I do. And I write in my book, you know, you can go in with, knob, you know, shaky knees. You can go in with palms sweaty and your heart racing. You can walk in with fear. We don't let it control us. We don't let it keep us home. We don't let it hold us back. It's part, it's part, it's part of the journey. It's part of the story. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Sometimes we're scared to death. So I don't sit home and I'm proud of that. I keep showing up. I keep putting my face on social media. I keep singing. I keep standing on the stage. I am doing that. And I don't know that that's an answer to your question, but I'm proud of that part of me. I love that Melissa was able to go straight to the moments of bravery that she is living into every day. And in spite of the fear of being judged, she continues to put herself out there. That is true bravery. I think one of the most difficult things that we will ever have to learn to do is to become our own friend, to be an advocate for ourselves, to fully accept who we are, especially when it comes to accepting our bodies and our weight and our looks. Let me ask you something. Is there, is there some part of you and your body and your appearance that, that you want to change, that you judge, that you are at war with right now? What piece of you do you judge harshly? And, and what would it look like for you to become a better friend to that part of you? What would it look like for you to show more love and patience with that part? So Melissa and I, we, we continue our conversation and we begin to talk about some of the family dynamics that are adding to Melissa's pain of being judged for her weight. 
I come from a Southern family, and if we don't love it, we fry it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're either hugging something <laughs> or frying something. And, um, uh, you know, there are, I don't think there's any size four jeans anywhere in our family, literally. And so growing up, this was always an, an issue for me. I mean, Mike, I can remember being in the, I think it was the fifth grade or no, sixth grade, sixth grade. And people thought I was the teacher's aide. That's <laughs> cool. Because I was always a, a foot taller than everybody and broad shouldered and, you know, already, already big boned um, in the sixth grade. And um, only only continued to grow and go up in size from there. So this has always been, this has always been part of my history. And I, I have a, a big fan in my mother, but she calls it like she sees it. And our moms sometimes say, well, baby, nobody can tell you the truth, but me, I'm the only one that can tell you, you know, our mothers say that. But sometimes it just like it hurts. <laughs> the first week mm. that I lived in Nashville, like literally the very first week, I was out job hunting. And my mom was at my little apartment hanging up pictures. And our next door neighbor came over and began to visit with my mom. And then the neighbor said, Well, I'm just, I'm glad they moved here. I think she's really going to love Nashville, but I mean, she needs to know, you know, that in Nashville, if people see that you're heavy, you know, they automatically just think you're lazy, that you don't take care of yourself. Now that conversation could have never been mentioned to me, but it was (laughs) as soon as I walked in the door and she's never forgotten that. And she has brought it up before. After even after all these years, and um, she was always really heavy too, but she was able to lose a lot of her weight, so she's got that on me as well. And so, when the show, when we found out that the network was picking up our show, we were so excited, and my dad was so excited, and my family was so excited, and my mother was so cautious. And it's not that I don't think you're funny, Melissa. I think you're funny. The world's gonna love you, Melissa. But Melissa Page, now you know what they're going to say. And I don't want to make fun of you, baby. And sometimes you just want her to say she's thrilled, too, you know? Mm. Yes, I'm, I, I mean, if, if you're wanting something from your mom at this point and maybe for many, many years, what is it that you need to hear from her? I think it would be good to hear, man, I see why they love you, baby. Man, I I know why they love you, Melissa Page. I know why they think you're funny, honey. You just light up a room. It'd be great to hear that. And you have to know, I love her, man. We're thick. We're we're thick as thieves. We're tight. Um, but I can't. Uh, I can't lie. Those things have hurt. Mm-hmm. 
In those moments, you feel judged by your mother. And she says those sorts of things like, you're wonderful, but... Or she starts bringing up the topic of your weight or how people respond to your weight. Yeah. So I walk into a room and I want them to notice my smile. I want them to notice my really loud laugh. I want them to notice how I make an awkward situation even more awkward by trying to be funny. I want them to, I want them to like me. I want, them, I want people to think, we can't have a party without Melissa Radke here. <laughs> what, a, what a compliment that would be. But sometimes I just still hear her voice, you know. My dad told me the other day, this is making my dad sound like a saint, by the way. My mother sound like a jerk. And it's not, it's not that way. It's not how I feel about them. But my dad said, you know, Melissa, you are, out of all the people I know, one of my most favorite people to hang out with. I'd rather hang out with you than just about mm. anybody else. You just make me laugh. You've become like a friend. It's, it's just really great now that you're an adult. I, I love hanging out with you. There's, I was set. I was done, man. My was made. Mm. I don't hear that much, you know, from her. She's just, she says she's the voice of truth, but those things hurt. And, and two, you have to understand, yeah. um, that my mom had a plan for my life and I didn't follow it. And so that too has been a little bit of a source of contention there. Um, I, I sang my entire life. My family sings. They're all beautiful vocalists. I'm, I'm not kidding you. You wouldn't believe it. Like all the women in my family can sing. My mom tops of them all. She's an incredible piano player and just an all around great musician. And, um, my parents, for lack of a better word, groomed me to be that, to be that performer on a stage, to bring glory to God on a stage. And now I'm on social media. And it is a, a big disappointment to her in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's come with some exciting things, and she's proud about my book. And the and the show sounds fun, I will admit. I, I even go into her voice when I when I talk. I will admit <laughs> it does sound fun. That's going to be a good time. But there's always that. There's always that. Like, did I did I leave God's calling? I mean, my Lord, you know, social media. That's going to be the demise of us, Melissa. Had to get over that as well. So I think, oh huh, well, hello. Hello, fun therapy. I think there might be some issues there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those, those relationships with uh, our family and family of origin and our, especially our parents are so tricky, aren't they? I mean, they just, they can bring so much joy and love and energy into our life, but they can also be something that just knocks us down. Like, like no other voice in our lives. And I'm curious, like, do you feel at some level when your when your mom thinks about you or maybe talks about um, you being a success on social media, but are, she really wanted you to be on the stage or she mentions your weight or those sorts of things that in some way that, that, you're not who she wants you to be. And that, that is a disappointment to her. Hmm. I don't want to say yes to that, but I might have to say yes to that. 
Um, and I, I feel I feel ashamed for saying that because I think if she was hit, sitting here, she would say, how could you say that you're a disappointment to me? You're not. But I think you asked, do I feel that way? And I think the answer would be, yes, I mm-hmm. feel that way. I do. I do feel like that I might be a little bit of a disappointment. So one of the voices that we must be aware of and very discerning of is the voice of a parent. The authority and weight of their words can be such a powerful force in our lives. As children, we naturally place great importance on their words and their instruction. Their opinions really mattered. But but as we become adults, we must shift this relationship dynamic. Otherwise, we allow a parent to have too much say and influence in how we live and how we see ourselves. So for Melissa to to feel like in some way she might be a disappointment to her mother is a powerful belief that certainly impacts her life and how she views herself. This, This belief will stir up all kinds of fear and insecurity inside of her. And so we we continue to talk about this more and how she might go about creating some boundaries and some changes in the current relationship she has with her mother. I didn't do what she had kind of hoped and planned for me to do. And here's the thing. I get that the goal is that we want to be in the will of God. We want to do what we were put on this earth to do by him, by our creator. Like we want to do what is in our DNA, right? We want to live up to our God-given potential. You want that. I want that. But how does she know that's not what I'm doing? How does she know that? Mike, I'm telling you, I am terrified to go on national television, but I have never been more sure about anything in my life. I was scared to write those, that book and put in some of those truths, but I was never more sure about anything in my life. When he moves, I move. When he says go, I go. When he says stay, I stay. And I don't think that she can answer for that anymore. And so now I find myself raising a 12-year-old daughter, and sometimes I find myself... Wanting to be nothing like my mother. And that breaks my heart too. And America's going to love her. <laughs> They're going to love her. She is short and small and feisty and hard on me in this on this TV show. And people are going to love her and they're going to think she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I don't blame them. And we... um come off like a family that fights and forgives and loves because if anything, trust me, that's true. We do. We fight, we forgive, we love. But what if, what if we let the world know that we might just be a little bit broken? Like, would that be bad to not always just be a laugh a minute? 
to know that we hurt each other sometimes. To know that sometimes I don't feel like you're proud of me. I don't think it's ever wrong to live in a, you know, to show your vulnerability. I don't think that's wrong. She's not a fan of it. (laughs) But I have found that, um, Mm. personally, I think it's gotten me to where I am today. Being vulnerable and saying these things. Yes. At a great cost and a great risk to you. And... I'm curious, <clears throat> Melissa, in terms of this this relationship and this dynamic with your your mother, have you ever sort of spoke to her specifically about the feelings that you have about this? And I, I realize these are probably patterns that have just been ingrained in terms of how you right. guys do your relationship for for decades, right? Um, and there's certain roles that were expected to play and and your mom's the truth teller, and and I understand all of that. Have you ever had an opportunity to just sit down and say, um, here's what's okay, and here's what's not okay, and here's my boundary, and here's uh, what I need? Have I had the chance? I have had the chance. Have I handled it well? No, sir, I have not. And that's the truth. You know, I'm... I'm kind of late to the old um, boundaries 101. <laughs> I'm late to that. I'm late to figuring that out. Mm. I'm la- I'm late to the saying. What is the saying? I love uh, when people when people show you how they. What is it when people show you how they feel? Believe them, or when they you know. I don't. I don't remember what the saying is, but I'm late to learning that. I'm late to learning how to put up boundaries and healthy boundaries. I'm late to I'm late to learning how to to hold people accountable and how to to deal with them and communicate those kind of things. Because what I have done for so long is just react. I just react. I'm hot tempered and I'm mm. quick with my tongue. And so when those moments would arise, I would not handle them well. And that's the truth. That's on me. Bad on me. So yeah, I've had those. So you get you get triggered in that moment, and it is in that sort of heated. Um, you're being emotionally flooded in that moment, and then that's when you talk about what's appropriate yeah. and what's not oh, appropriate, and so it's kind yeah. of a heated. And it's like you said, um, but that's the role we play. She's the truth teller. I'm the hothead. <laughs> Only difference is I don't want to be that anymore. Like I want to change up our roles. And I think if we can, we'll be healthier. I think we'll be better. Don't you understand? That's what I want to say to her. Don't you understand? Like we could be better. We could, we could enjoy each other more. We could love harder and love deeper. Like let's just change up the roles. Let's don't, let's don't keep playing this game. So what would that look like for you? What could that, and I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with you that as we mature and grow and become more in tune with our needs and our feelings to 
to take on a new role and and not have to stay in certain roles of truth teller or hot headed, you know, whatever whatever the sort of identities that you have grown up with. What what new role would you like, and what new role would you like for her? Equal. I'd like us to play equal roles. I'm a 45-year-old woman. I have had a successful marriage for 25 years. I didn't say a perfect marriage. Wow. In and out of counseling, great times, hard times, broke times, broken times, but successful because 25 years later, we're still best friends. We still love each other dearly. I had a child. And I buried that child. And I am still walking. And I'm still serving God. I have adopted two children who are so confident and funny and secure in their home that I think that is a success. So I deserve the right to be equal. I don't want to be a child anymore. I'm a big girl now. So we don't have to continue to play the game of you're the truth teller and I'm the hothead. And I spout off and I run out of the room and then we don't speak for a week. Like, we could just be equals. That would be really cool. Wow. Melissa, you have opened all of our hearts to think deeply, deeply about our most important relationships, with our family, with our friends, and most importantly, with ourselves. Thank you, friend. I want you to check out Melissa's new book, Be Brave, Eat Cake, best title I've ever heard. It is available wherever books are sold. Make sure to pick up a copy. Be Brave, Eat Cake, uh, and make sure you don't miss out on her upcoming reality TV show called The Radkeys on the USA Network. By the way, Melissa, since you're listening to a podcast right now, I want you to check out Melissa's podcast called Ordinary People, Ordinary Things. It just make sure to subscribe. It is so awesome. It's available on iTunes, uh, Ordinary People, Ordinary Things. Melissa, thank you. You are such an inspiration to me and I know to so many others friends let's go support her let's let's get into her stuff let's let's buy her books let's watch her show let's let's download her podcast because it is worthy also I want to ask you just to leave a, a review if you've been enjoying this episode uh, leave a review and a comment on iTunes let me know what you think make sure to also subscribe I want to say thanks to sleeping at last for the music for this episode You'll find all of Ryan's music on Spotify and iTunes. And don't forget to register for my fun therapy, my first ever fun therapy workshop called Strongest. It's going to be so much fun. And again, we have limited space. So head over to Mike Foster TV for all the details. Thanks again, friends, for listening. Thank you for putting up with my flu voice this week. Keep the emails and the tweets and the reviews coming. And remember no matter what has happened in your story, that your setbacks can become your superpowers and honesty is always the best policy. 
We'll see you next time on the Fun Therapy Podcast.